Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with Midi Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at Midi understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And Midi can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Oh, hello there. Welcome to the stochastic.com NFL showdown strategy show Colts Broncos Taylorless Colts. Should I say I'm Dave Locker now Lafay underscore D L O U G H Y underscore D on the Twitters joined by Matt Gajeski at Matt underscore Gajeski going to guide us through this one gamer today for Thursday night football. What's good, brother? Really excited for this game. I don't actually don't know what it would take for me not to be excited for a game. You like put Cleveland <laughs> versus Chicago on there. I'm like, yeah, let's watch this game. Let's break it down. This is a really good one. I love the skill position players on both sides. Hopefully we see a little bounce back from the Colts here sometime soon, but I'm expecting a good game, man. I've lost a lot of money on the Broncos this year, but I am. Uh, you and me both. Yeah. <laughs> I'm laying the money on the Broncos today, Matt. I haven't bet anything yet in this game. You're going to have to talk me into it because I'm kind of, uh, how do I put this, sour with the Broncos me right too. now. Very much jaded. I, I, not happy about it. But, dude, Matt Ryan's been sacked 15 times. Do you know how many times he's fumbled this year? I don't know off the top of my head, but I know the number's not going to be good. Nine. Jeez, that's like... Did you see the the Trevor Lawrence four fumbles last week? That was weather related. Of course, so, I'm like, an Eagles fan. I saw every minute of that game. Okay, I thought you might, but there's no excuse for Matt Ryan fumbling that many times, especially for a vet like that. You got to have awareness, get rid of the ball, move around in the pocket, maybe time your releases different, get the ball out quicker. There's just no excuse for that many fumbles. No, it's crazy. I throw that game out, the Jacksonville game. I mean, look, you can't let that happen in bad weather. But it was still really bad weather. It is what it is. But- yeah, was was that Hassan Reddick with the great post game interview? Like someone asked him about the Jaguars turnovers. He's like, "We played in the same conditions they did." Yes, yeah. That was a great interview, dude. Reddick had two strips and recovered both of them. Dude, I don't understand how the Colts misuse. Excuse me, the Cardinals misuse their assets so much. Former first round pick by the Cardinals. The dude sucked. He changes teams and he's automatically a baller now. <laughs> What are they doing with their first? Like, what is ever? I, I, don't, I don't know. know. And he's happy to be back because he's from the area. He went to Temple. 
Yeah, he was he was awesome at Temple. What was he picked fifth overall, something like that? Was he fifth overall? I don't know. Was he fifth overall? Maybe that's a little high, but he was. I'm gonna look it up. He was really good at Temple. Damn, I didn't know he went that early. What I don't year, remember if it was that high or not. Around what year was he drafted? 2017, I think. Okay. Oh, he was 13. Sorry. I mean, that's still egregiously high for a Temple grad. <laughs> Who's the highest no offense temp to Temple? Love Temple? Who's the highest, most recent Temple player to get drafted? It's got to be him, right? Yeah. Who else? What other good Temple players were there? Dude, Matt Rule was the coach there for a while. They were pretty good in his era. Um, man, that's a while ago now. They've sucked since then. Like, are there any good Temple players that are in the league right now not named Hassan Reddick? I don't follow a lot of college. I don't think so. Okay. There was a running back coming out of there, like, what was it, a decade ago that people thought might be good. I can't remember who it was. I don't remember either. And I don't think he ended up being great. But They're like, now with the new era of college football, all their good players just transfer. Yeah, that's a good point. Anyway, very happy to have you guys with us. We're breaking it all down. Offense, defense, going to give you guys uh, as much information as we can, help you make the right decisions, build the best lineups, win some money today. It's going to be fun. Uh, last Thursday, Matt and I built a lineup that was, look, you know, close only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades, right? But we were one point out, one point out of the winning lineup and all those single entries that we built it for. Today, we built a lineup that wins. But if you haven't done so, hit that thumbs up. Greatly appreciate all your support. It helps us keep the lights on around here. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so yet. And if you want to join, hit join down below. If you're watching on YouTube, get the free super chats each month, the custom emojis. See those sweet, lots of badges in chat already. Love to see it. They get cooler over time as well. Uh, and then we got cool stuff like the survivor pool for people that are members. We'll do more as well. And if you're a podcast listener, subscribe to the podcast. Leave a rating and a review if you don't mind, preferably a kind one. And uh, let's dive into this. All right. So, Matt, Colts, Broncos, three and a half point spread. It, it really depends. I mean, I think it's three and a half right now on DraftKings, but it's it's even it's plus 100. I think elsewhere you can you, you get the Colts at three. So or I'm sorry, the Broncos at three. So if you are betting this game, shop around for sure. I mean, honestly, you could just take the the the, the plus one, you could, the even money. But besides the fact. Or besides the point, 42 point total, no Jonathan Taylor, which is where we'll kick it off here. The backfield gets very interesting because it's not like Naeem Hines isn't a capable back. I don't know how good he's going to be with 18 carries, but we know that he's a guy that they can keep on the field for all three downs if Jonathan Taylor is out, which he is today. And I would kind of expect them to do that to some degree. They do like to use a timeshare and play Naheem Hines in his specific role. But this is a guy I think that in a pinch can handle a larger workload. You know, he's not the biggest back. He's listed at 5'9", 196. So he's certainly not a guy you want out there handling a full workload for the whole game. But I do think when situations are close for this team, they're going to rely on Hines. And some of the other backs might be used more in change of pace fashion. You look at who they have behind him, like Deion Jackson's been active a lot. He's just a special teamer. He's not getting yeah. any burn on regular downs. It's just been Naheem Hines and Jonathan Taylor. So we're in kind of murky waters here in terms of how they're going to use these backs. But my money is going to be on Naheem Hines handling most of the work right now. That's kind of what I'm seeing too. And you, you said it perfectly, in a pinch. 
Uh, this is a guy that you probably want on the field. There's no replacement for Jonathan Taylor, but at the same time, who else are you going to use? You said, I mean, who else on the, who else on the depth chart right now uh, for the Indianapolis Colts? Can you come in there and give them, you know, 10, 15 carries with any relative confidence whatsoever? They don't have anyone, right? No, not, not even close. And mm-hmm. Jackson, again, like he, we haven't projected for around five points. I think that might be a little rich, honestly. He's kind of gotten the Jordan Mason treatment in Indianapolis. He's been active a lot, and people have gotten kind of bamboozled by that. He's just playing special teams. Now, that could change here, but, I mean, we're still talking about a guy who's a practice squad-level player, came out of Duke, never really even produced at the college level. So I don't have a lot of faith in Deion Jackson. The player I, I think we should talk about is Philip Lindsay. Did How they elevate does- him yet? I believe so. He's, I mean, they still have all, they have all day really to do that, but you'll know before live before lock for sure. I'm anticipating that move being made. If it hasn't been made already, we haven't met our projection. So it seems to be the consensus around the industry that he'll be. Cause active. he could get a full workload on the ground that it wouldn't shock me. Honestly, that wouldn't shock me either. I still think they would go Naheem Hines. Lindsay is a veteran of the league. Actually had some good run early in his career, but since then he's bounced around some practice squads. He's, really had a tough time cracking NFL rosters over the last couple of years. I think the only thing that gives him a leg up over Deion Jackson is he's done it before. Whereas Deion Jackson's been just a pure special teamer. So ultimately I think Lindsay, assuming he's active still is in this change of pace role at best. Okay. It is how, kind how of amazing. You see it, though? Though. What's that? How do you see it though? I, okay, so I'll, I'll, let me put it to you this way, because you're right. This is we're in uncharted waters here. We don't know, but if I had, I would say definitely not Deion Jackson. But if Philip Lindsay, I, I'm trying to see if he actually was elevated from the practice squad. I mean, I, they they can still do it today, but let me just let me just see here. Um, like it's either him or Devonte Price, right? Okay, so I haven't seen that he's called up yet. We got to pay attention to that. My, I, would you agree with me that we assume he will be? Yes, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna pull up their active roster, and we'll see right now. I did. He's not on it. He is not on it. No. So, and I was looking for news. Maybe the rosters weren't updated, but not yet. I, here's what I'm saying. I, I first, of all, how crazy is it that this guy? He had back-to-back thousand-yard seasons to start his career. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it is. As a UDFA out of Colorado, it is crazy. Yeah, back. And I can't tell you how many Denver running backs, from a fantasy standpoint, have gone like, you know, second, third, fourth round, and and have just been just never material. Remember, Monty, Monty was it Monty Ball? Oh yeah, he went to Wisconsin. Very familiar. Monty Ball. With uh, he had a drinking problem. That's what got him out of the league. Is that right? Yeah, he had a drinking problem going back to college. And then you could find some news stories on him, like, I don't know, some kind of colorful pieces that were done after his playing days, how it affected him. But huh. that's not a discussion for now, I guess. How about, uh, how about Ronnie Hillman? He was awesome. He was another kind of like smallish, explosive back. Yeah, never had a really great season, though. And it was people expected him to. He reminds me kind of like Raheem Mostert. Yeah, yeah. He never had a – I don't think he ever had a 1,000-yard from scrimmage season. No, he didn't. Kind of crazy. Anyway, 
Philip Lindsay was the guy that came out of nowhere and and had a couple great seasons in Denver, completely fell off, and it makes sense. But if he does get called up, I think you're I think Naeem Hines is still a great play, regardless. Uh, and DraftKings, he he's 6,800. So it's not like he's overpriced at all uh, for this role. They might though, and I, I maybe they're looking at last week and being like, oh, can we do what the Raiders did and and run the ball down their throats with Josh Jacobs. I was very surprised that Josh Jacobs was able to get that much running room against this Denver defense. Do you try that? Or do you just consistently get the ball to Naeem Hines in the passing game in space? Because the, the one of the wildest things to me that, that was unexpected, the Colts have the highest paid offensive line in the entire league. Outside of Quentin Nelson, these guys have not been good. Ryan's under constant pressure. They can't block for, for Jonathan Taylor. They're 28th in adjusted line yards, their offensive line, according to Football Outsiders. They have not blocked well at all, Matt. And this is supposed to be one of the better lines in the league. So I don't know how much success they'll have running the ball to begin with. I agree with you. I think a lot of it does come down to the pass game role for Hines. Still second on the team in targets which is really good for him. I wish they would just use him as like a slot receiver when Taylor's healthy. Now they obviously aren't going to do that without Taylor, but his volume's going to be there, especially in the past game. For DFS, his price is too cheap too. So to me, it even if they're not efficient, the volume should be at a point where Naheem Hines is going to pay off that tag or at least get close to it. If not, blow it out of the water. He's just underpriced. And then Lindsay, he's at a price point too, where, you know, I ran some early optimals this morning on Fantasy Cruncher. The optimal lineup has them both. A lot of lineups in the top 150 have them both. And it comes down to price for Lindsay. So it, what do you think about that? Playing both? Yes, because they're both severely underpriced. I'm 100% on board with it. 100%. Because, okay. The, the Colts, this would be, I would feel entirely different about this if it was, <clears throat> let's say, the Lions, if just if just Swift was out, you know, um, or or even even a few other teams with, I don't know, predominant pass catching backs, but weapons that are actually, you know, pretty weapons that, that are that are pretty evident across the team uh, are pretty plentiful. They don't have anybody else outside of Michael Pittman. And he's going to get some, he's going to see some Pat Sertan tonight. And Sertan's a beast, man. So is it crazy to think that both of these guys do get a lot of work? Dude, look at this. Look at this team. Look at the pass catchers on this team for the Colts behind Pittman. Who do, who do you have that's, I know Pierce is coming off a couple of decent performances. He's been fine, right? He's been fine. But what have we gotten out of Paris Campbell? Very, very little all season long. He has, what, seven or six, ten receptions, nine receptions through four games, and Pittman missed one of them? Pierce missed one or two of them? They don't have anybody. Yeah, they don't. They really don't, which is why I think the involvement for Naheem, Naheem Hines is going to continue again, second on the team in targets. Right now, you mentioned some of the injury factors that did play a role in that, but – you know, he's locked into a role, and I don't think we can say that about the receivers. Pittman's been so bad. He he needs to get benched for Ashton Doolin yesterday. Wait, wait, wait. You mean Campbell? Yeah, sorry, Campbell, not oh, Pittman. Excuse okay. me. Pittman's a stud. 
Yeah, I okay. disregard that. Pittman's we're go, we're not, gonna Pitt, we're gonna have an argument there. <laughs> Pittman's not getting benched. He's a top twenty four receiver no. in the league. Campbell needs to get benched. He's been horrifically Horrible. inefficient this year. Horrible. And Ashton Doolin's actually been really good. You look at yards per route run, some target separation metrics. Doolin's actually performing on the field. For whatever reason, they're keeping his routes down. Like they played Paris Campbell as a full-time receiver, and they sort of rotated Ashton Doolin and Alec Pierce last week. No, no, no. This needs to be Pittman, <laughs> Pierce, and Doolin on the field every snap. Pam Campbell needs to get like relegated to the practice squad. I don't know. He just is not an NFL receiver. And you're not even exaggerating either. It's not, it's not an exact, that's not hyperbole. He's just been bad. No, he's like a bot. Like if you look at some PFF metrics, there's about a hundred qualifiers. You need to run qualifiers. So you don't have guys with like one target in the sample. He's like a bottom three receiver in like most metrics, like yards per route run. Like he's egregiously bad. If you were to take, what do you want? You could probably do minimum 10 targets on the season because he's got, yeah, you can do 10 targets on the season and he's probably, like you said, very, very, very low on that list. Let's see. Okay. Paris Campbell. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Out of, out of 154 players with 10 targets... Oh, dude, I should take out the running backs, too. I bet if you take the running backs out, it's even worse. All right. It's not good. Okay. Out of out of 123 running uh, wide receivers and tight ends uh, with at least 10 targets, Paris Campbell is 117.64 yards per route run. The only players behind him, David Sills, Demarcus Robinson, Allen Robinson, Chase, Chase Claypool, Shy Smith, is it she or Shy Smith? You shy. would know Shy. And AJ Green. Yeah, that's bad company. <laughs> that's a real bad company. Wow. I mean, yeah, you can't. I don't okay. I don't want to speak again. I don't want to like be hyperbolic here because it's a it's a showdown slate. Can you pay 3600 for Paris Campbell? So at, at the end of the day, as much as I don't like him as a play, he's still getting more snaps and routes than Alec Pierce and Ashton yep. Doolin, and he's cheaper. Yep. Now, he could get benched at any point. That's how bad he's been. And if he got benched, he'd be like, oh, okay, finally. But they haven't done it to this point, and, and Frank Reich hasn't really shown that he has a good grasp of this team right now. So if Campbell's still out there for full run, 3,600, he's going to be a good GPP play. It sucks, but I agree. Because – even 10 from him at that it's eight or 10, who knows on a game like this could be enough to get you there. What's his ownership at right now? Let me, his projection is actually pretty good for ownership. Let's see here. Oh, it looks like one of the top plays tool hasn't been updated. It looks like at least not as of starting this. And his projection is going to look good just because he's always on the field. Right. 
right? I mean, what, how many snaps is he playing? He's, he's getting full snaps. Yeah. Yeah. Last week, only six, 67%. So it did see a, a, a tick downward, but still it's. Okay. His ownership right now is at 14%. That's low. And that's in the, yeah, yeah. 14%. Yeah. 13 and a half is coming in utility, but just a fraction of that percentage is coming a captain. Right. Yeah. It sucks, but here we are. What about Michael Pittman today? The, the obvious answer is, yeah, you play him, but he's, as far as pricing goes, Michael Pittman is the highest priced player on this slate. Yeah. And he projects quite a bit below in terms of raw projection than Russell Wilson and Cortland Sutton. He's multiple points behind them both. So if you're running optimizers, you're just not going to get a lot of Pittman. And that makes sense. Price adjusted plays. He's one of the worst on the slate in terms of the expensive players. But I think when you're talking about tournaments, we just need to be considering raw upside with him. And he actually might come in a little under owned. He hasn't had a great season. Some of that due to injury at the big week one, he hasn't done much since. And you actually have really good alternatives. So I do think people are going to gravitate to the cheaper Cortland Sutton, the cheaper Russell Wilson, like Jerry Judy's getting similar ish volume like maybe 85, 90%. And he's way cheaper than Pittman. You're almost saving 3K by playing Judy instead of him. So your rosters look better when Pittman's not in them, but the upside for him is undeniable. And if he's going to come in at reduced ownership, I think he's somebody we could target. The question to me is, he's still coming in at 48% ownership. Judy's not much higher than that. Even like Sutton's not terribly higher than that. I still think at this ownership, I'd rather just play the better plays like Sutton and Judy. What do you think? Yeah, I love Sutton today. I, I like the over on the receiving props, our receiving yard props. I like the price point a lot, but you're right because Pittman's legitimately good and Pittman's the type of big body receiver that can beat good coverage just based on size, right? And yeah. That's one of the things that I'm always looking for. You know, he's 6'4", 220. So he could out-muscle defenders. Listen, I, I think you would agree. Patrick Sertan is very, very good. Um, oh, yeah. He's awesome. And he's not small either. This guy is 6'2", 200. You know, he's decent size for a corner. But at the same time, it's not going to be shadow coverage. I, I wouldn't assume that it's just might be smart to do that really <laughs> but like i don't think Pittman's going to be lining up inside a lot either like they they're just so limited at receiver like you can't play paris campbell on the boundary you can't play Doolin on the boundary at least not for a full game like how much like how much can they actually use Pittman in the slot to avoid sertan's coverage exactly i wonder how much he's actually lined up in the slot this year anyway can't you're right though you can't you can't put those guys on the outside you it's just, just going to create a, an absolute mess, but I still like him. I, I 48, he's expensive and it's going to suppress the ownership because their offense has been so bad. But is it also not possible that without Jonathan Taylor, Pittman sees an easy double digit targets? That's, that's certainly possible. I liked the chance of that happening before Taylor even went down and to look at the slot rates for, for Pittman, he's hardly in the slot this year. Out of 215 snaps, only 45. So around like 20%-ish, 25, 20. Okay. Not a lot. Not a lot. 
And to your point, without Taylor, they're going to have to change their offense. They've been slamming him to the back of the offensive line 30 times a game with no success. And it shows in their win-loss record. Now you're going to do that with Naheem Hines, who's sub 200 pounds. I mean, Frank Reich has made a lot of bad decisions this year, but I don't find, I don't see him doing that again. That means, in my opinion, Pittman could see elevated work. I agree. Hey, Jorge, thank you for the super chat, man. He said, Lafay without a cap deserves some recognition. Yeah, once in a while, you know. Uh, do you call it a hat or a cap? I've never called it a cap in my life. I call life. it a hat. A hat, right? A cap. Get my ball cap on. I feel, Jorge, how old are you? Because cap definitely is, you're older to say cap, right? Am I wrong, Matt? I don't think so. Not an insult at all. My grandpa, say different my, stuff. My grandpa uses cap. Uh, like oh, yeah, as, cool. Instead of hat. Yeah, cap. Grab your cap. All right. Well, thanks, Jorge. I appreciate you. Do you think uh, we should be looking at some of these kind of peripheral receivers for the Indianapolis Colts, too? Like Alec Pierce would be one of them. Doolin did play 29% of snaps, so he's at least getting on the field a little bit here. Maybe maybe you're right, and maybe Frank Wright will, will acknowledge his missteps and he'll start playing Doolin more uh, this week. But, yeah, Doolin's 46 in the utility. How much, is, how much is Pierce? Pierce is 54. I like this spot for tournaments. Because there's some some uncertainty. One, Pierce is supposed to be their wide receiver, too. He was kind of penciled into that role, got a concussion early in the season, and that's limited him, and they brought him along somewhat slowly. You have an underachieving receiver ahead of him. It wouldn't be surprising to see Pierce play full run. And Doolin's actually been pretty good on the opportunity he's received. His yards per hour runs decent. His target separation's decent. He's doing things you'd expect of an NFL receiver on the field. He just flat out needs to play more. And he's been a little volatile in terms of yards per outrun on a weekly basis. I think that has more to do with like small sample sizes. You know, he's, they're moving him on and off the field. So it's been kind of a roller coaster ride for Doolin, but I like what he's done. He needs to play more. I just don't know if they're going to do it. And because of that uncertainty, I like actually all three of these receivers taking shots on them. I think there's a chance that all three of them actually go a little bit under owned here. Yeah, I agree. It, it's kind of a fun slate in that respect because there's no clear options behind Pittman in the passing game. There really aren't. It could be – it looks like Pierce is the number two. from Just from what I'm seeing over the past couple of weeks, it looks like Pierce is the number two. But there's not a – I don't think there's a ton of distance between him and some of these other players. Uh, what about uh, Mo Ali cox or uh, – God, Jelani Woods – with the two touchdown game on two receptions. Moelle Cox, he's quietly seen his route rate rise game over game over game. He eclipsed 60% of the routes last week and had a good game. Similar to Ashton Doolin, his performance has been positive, and I hope they reward him with continued playing time. Moelle Cox has looked good when he's on the field too. So seeing that positive trajectory out of him, the targets rise, the routes rise, I think you can use some O'Alley Cox today. He's, what about, he's at an interesting price point, too. What about Kylan Granson? He's a guy that's kind of been like, you know, when, when Mo Alley Cox is seeing an ascending role, someone has to go down a little bit. 
Granson, I still think is fine in terms of price. We know he's going to play a little bit. Like, no, at the end of the day, no matter what, these guys are going to use multiple tight ends. They use 12 personnel a fair amount. So even if Moali Cox is in a somewhat ascending role and Granson's dropping a little bit, Granson's still going to be on the field. He has a 50% snap share so far this year. He actually has an edge over Cox and targets 15 to 14. Again, I think that's trending Moali Cox's direction. All that to say, though, Granson's still involved and he's going to be on the field. He's also cheaper. So, I mean, some of it's going to come down to price. Moelle Cox is in a range where you're going to be debating him versus the receivers we talked about. Granson's a bit cheaper than them. So if you're just building certain styles and you need a cheaper guy, Granson might be the guy that just naturally fits. I like them both here. Again, it's an uncertain situation like the receivers, and I like taking shots on these. Dude, is there anything worse than a showdown site where you have a team that throws to three different tight ends? I kind of like those. Uh, I mean, it's really hard. I lose a lot of them just because chances you're picking wrong or high, but I think they're fun. They're fun for sure. But the odd thing, usually one or two of them is really, really cheap. None of these guys are that cheap. Like they're cheap. Don't get me wrong, but they're not, you know, you're, you're not talking the thousand or, or $600 cheap that we've seen with, with, you know, like when we didn't know what we were going to get out of uh, Dallas tight ends, when, when Schultz went down or, or New York giants tight ends, this is, this is all, you know, you're still kind of paying for them. Yeah. And instead of playing these guys, everyone's going down to Philip Lindsay and Deion Jackson. And those guys have uncertain roles. There's a situation where the field plays a ton of Philip Lindsay because he's the avenue to making better lineups and Philip Lindsay plays single digit snaps. And just by flipping the build and playing a Kylan Granson, a Paris Campbell, some guy in the like two to four K range, you might actually get legitimate opportunity and just outscore a lot of those lineups that have a Lindsay or Deion Jackson. That's a potential outcome. I don't know if it happens, but I know a lot of people are going to be playing the Lindsay construction and we can't say the same thing about these tight end constructions. Yeah, man. Hey, uh, David, thank you for the super chat, man. If you have a question, cause you just threw a super chat in there, feel free to, to ask. Uh, but yeah, thanks, man. Hey, almost at a hundred likes too. 450 people watching midway through the show. Appreciate you guys. We love doing this show. Any other thoughts on the Colts before we talk, we'll you talk defense and, and kicker, but, uh, any other position or skill players that, that you want to get to? What are you doing with Matt Rhymes? The last thing I'll ask you. Oh, uh... Well, I already bet the over on interceptions. <laughs> Let's go. I saw someone in the chat did too. Yeah. I, listen, over a half reception, I think it was minus 110 at the time. I'm, take, I'm snap taking that all day with the pressure that's been allowed uh, and with this secondary for the Broncos. He's throwing a lot. He's going to have to continue throwing a lot. And from a DFS standpoint, for the most part, interceptions don't really matter that much. No, if anything, sometimes they help. Right, exactly. You're not losing a lot of points on them, and now you're forced to throw the ball more if you're throwing interceptions in, in, you know, in your own, in your own um, part of the field. So in the defensive part of the field, I'd say he's fine. I don't like Matt Ryan in terms of, performance tonight from like a betting standpoint or just from 
you know, you, you, you zoom out and look at this team. There's nothing good right now about Matt Ryan. But then on the other hand, there's only two quarterbacks in this game. Russell Wilson hasn't exactly been lighting the world on fire. And there's a distinct possibility that even though it's a difficult matchup, Matt Ryan may just need to throw the ball a shit ton. He's thrown 37 plus times in three or four games. Yeah, volume has been good. Just efficiency has been bad. My initial intuition heading into today's show, you know, before I started looking at the tools, just looking at the pricing, it's like, you know what, maybe Matt Ryan stacks, Michael Pittman, these guys are going to go under owned. And then I pulled up our leverage tools on the back end. And it still looks like they're favoring the Naheem Hines Denver stacks, like Russell Wilson, Judy, and Sutton. I think there's a couple of reasons why. First of all, Denver has a higher implied team total as the favorite in the game. Second, the stacks overall are just cheaper. And it showed on. Stacks is probably not the right way to say this, but playing the Denver side is cheaper with Judy being cheap, Sutton being cheaper than Pittman. Wilson's a bit more expensive than Matt Ryan. But again, when you pair these players together, they're coming in cheaper and they have higher raw projections. So even on the back end, Matt Ryan, Michael Pittman, some of these guys are still coming in with lower leverage scores than the Denver side. And then the other thing with Matt Ryan, if you play him like in the captain, you're really rolling the dice outside of Pittman on these pass catchers, which is fine for large field tournaments. It's just a riskier approach, in my opinion. So low risk contest, I think I'm going to be sticking with the Denver side over Matt Ryan, but just wanted to get your opinion on uh, what you were doing with Ryan there. Yeah, I think you made good points. It... Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. He's 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 not. He's basically the same price that we've seen a lot of these other middling quarterbacks in the showdown slates recently, right? That like low to mid nine k price point is where we playing like yeah he's playing like one of them, but he doesn't have the brand. He has the brand name that they don't. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Right. That's he's not right. He's not. It's not like he's he's underpriced. He hasn't played well. It. I don't. I don't see the value. It, like, we'll, we'll finish up Matt Ryan with this. I, I don't really see a ton of value. Right. Is our is our top plays tool updated yet? It's updated now. Okay. Um. Be, so before I say this, I want to make sure that that we don't have it way different and I'm not just super off base here. All right, Matt Ryan. All right, so he does have positive leverage. 8% in the captain spot. I'm just not really excited about Matt Ryan in the captain spot is what I was going to say because it, at that price, you I think you still need a decent amount to get there from Matt Ryan, and we just haven't seen him do that this year. And I don't know that he has the weapons 
to do that either. I agree with you. I think the problem with playing him in the captain spot is you're still paying a decent amount of salary for that. So mm-hmm. your lineups that have Matt Ryan captain are going to look just like your Russell Wilson, Cortland Sutton captain lineups. Like you're probably playing Deion Jackson or Philip Lindsay because he's still an expensive captain. And then, you know, he projects less than those players. First of all, he's, he's just below Sutton, Wilson, even some of these players in raw projection. And then the question with stacking him is like, okay, who do you go to outside of Pittman? Sure. You lock him in there. And then for large field tournaments, this doesn't matter. You're probably just spraying at some of these guys, but for low risk contests or even like mid midfield size, I don't know who to stack Ryan with. And then right. plus like he's funneled a ton of this volume to Pittman anyway. So, you know, like playing Matt Ryan at the captain, you're running the risk of all that PPR volume funneled to Pittman. In that instance, Pittman could probably just outscore him. I was just, I was just going to say the likelihood that Pittman outscores Matt Ryan seems very high. If, you know, if they put points up on the book and Pittman's only getting 2% more ownership in the captain spot. And he's not that much more expensive. 15% top play probability to Ryan's 10. I would, yeah, I would rather just captain Pittman. I'm with you. That's exactly what I was going to say as well. Um, hey, and yes, we do have a promo code. Who asked that? Somebody asked if we have a promo code. Uh, yeah. So if you want three free days of Stochastic Plus NFL, that's all of our tools for not just the main slate, but for showdown as well. You're talking about the top plays tool we're referring to now where you're getting everything, right? Leverage score, top play probability, um, the ownership, the projection. You'll see how valuable it is once you check it out. Uh, ownership projections, player projections, the top stacks tool for you know multi-game slates. All of our tools for, for, for the main slates, for showdowns for all of them everything uh fantasy cruncher not included in this but you can get the add-on if you were to get an if you were to get a sub because we don't actually own fantasy cruncher we just host it on the site but uh tyler can i know he did already but throw that in there one more time tyler he'll throw the link in three free days all of our nfl content no strings attached if you don't like it well you're good because you're not paying for it uh and the link's in the description as well if you're watching after the fact or if you want to get half off this is a phenomenal one. If you want to get half off everything on the site, you know, we're going into postseason MLB. You've got NFL in full swing, PGA, MMA, every sport. If there's contests out there, we have content. We have tools for it, projections, ownership, top stacks, you name it. Use the promo code uh, showdown strategy, all one word, all caps. Showdown strategy gets you half off everything on the site for the first week. Massive discount. You can check it out at a much lower cost than you normally would. Everything, Stochastic Plus Platinum, half off, on the site, all of our tools, every single sport. So three free days if you're a new user, use that link. That'll get you all NFL. And Showdown Strategy will get you half off for the week, everything on the site. All right, uh, quickly, because we, you and I always go late on the first team. For uh, Kicker and defense, just a- any interest here in the defense or Ben Rasa? I would. <laughs> oh, wait, no. Who's the kicker now? McLaughlin, right? Yeah. I, for some reason, I was thinking it was uh, Blankenship still. Ben Rossa. That was funny. It made me well, laugh I, right away. That, everyone called. It's so funny how many people refer to him as Rodrigo uh, Blankenship. Yeah, that's hilarious. I, <laughs> I like the kickers here. Another low scoring game environment, 42 point total. These are the spots where I try to go a little bit over the field on kickers like McLaughlin. And then Colts defense. 
It hasn't been spectacular, but I'll play a little bit of defenses in these environments. Do I still prefer Denver despite their injuries? But I'll play a little bit of Indy. Okay. All right. Let's talk a little bit about the Denver Broncos here. I actually think we'll, we could spend less time on the Broncos today because there's some spots that are just pretty evident. Out of the gate, though, man, I, I really do like Cortland Sutton a lot here. The, the Colts are bottom five team on PFF and Football Outsiders you know, coverage metrics. They, they're, they're, there's some issues here. They're already missing. They're going to be out without Julian Blackman today. Shaq Leonard is out. I, I know that, that the passing game for the Broncos hasn't been great. I also think this team might not be as bad as it looks. There's like correctable issues like the red zone inefficiency. If Nathaniel Hackett can just kind of figure something out. Russell Wilson still targeted Sutton five times on deep balls this season. He has a 27% target share. That's more than 10% higher than the next closest player. It was him at 27. Then it was Javante Williams at 16.7. He's gone. And then Judy at 16%. Outside of that, nobody's above 7% on this team. He is the clear top target. I'm not saying he definitely will be today, but so far through four games, nobody has been a more preferred target for Russell Wilson than Cortland Sutton. Yeah, he's been awesome. Can't say enough good things about Cortland Sutton. I believe it was Next Gen Stats released this like, new separation metric. So essentially just measuring how open receivers are. Corlin Sutton's like a top five player, which is crazy to think because coming out of college and early in his career, people viewed him as this bigger body jump ball contested catch type receiver, which he can do. He's good at that as well, but he's separating at an elite level right now, giving Russell Wilson easy throws, open throws, easy reads. And, you know, like that's supposed to be Jerry Judy's game, but Sutton's doing it better right now. So I think the target share makes a ton of sense. And I don't think it's going to stop anytime soon with how well Sutton's played. When I ran optimals this morning, the top two captains across 150s, Russell Wilson, Corlin Sutton. Comfortable playing them both. Sutton's an awesome play at his price today. I'm with you. He's, I really, I actually think he should be the same price as Pittman, just given the circumstances. I agree. And we're both big Pittman fans. We like we like we've liked Sutton and Pitt, Sutton and Pittman, both of us, for a while, and all the fantasy football stuff you and I did uh, over the last couple of years. So it's fun to see this matchup. I know Judy isn't getting, you know, the lion's share of targets. I'm not surprised by this, to be honest with you. But at the same time, it's not as if he's completely uninvolved either. He has breakaway speed. You know, we saw that in week one against Seattle on that long 67-yard touchdown he took to the house. It's possible that, that you can get some big plays out of Judy. So, I mean, yeah, dude, I'm perfectly fine with, with Jerry Judy. I like Jerry Judy, too. I think some of the target share is depressed because of the injury. But you even look at last week, played the full game, five targets. He's up and down. He doesn't have that consistent target share that Sutton does. But to your point, he still has that elite game-breaking ability. He's a strong downfield option, and he has good run after catch, too. I just don't think he's quite as involved as Sutton. So at, in, like, week one, I thought we were kind of breaking ties between the two of them. I wasn't sure what to expect. Now I think Kirtland Sutton's pretty clearly ahead of him. And even factoring in the price tag difference, I still prefer Sutton. I'll get to a lot of Judy, though. He's at a price point that's kind of on an island right now. And if you're stacking Russell Wilson, it's very easy to get to both Portland Sutton and Jerry Judy because of that difference. 
yeah, being able to get like Sutton, Wilson, Judy is not that hard oh, at it's all. So easy. Is it going to be? Yes, of course it's going to be. But popular play, I'm not denying any of that. But there might be ways we can get different. We'll build a lineup at the end of the show as we always do. There's ways to get different here, but it's it's super easy to do that with no Jonathan Taylor today. I mean, you can. I won't say you can do whatever you want, but life's not too difficult making lineups here at all. No, you you can do quite a bit, especially with the value plays we also have. What do you think about the other pass catchers outside of Judy and Cortland Sutton? This is where it clearly, clearly gets a lot murkier. Yeah, well, they they made some interesting decisions recently. Didn't they put Kendall Hinton on their practice squad? Did they? They did. On, that was the most recent news on October 3rd. Okay, so after last week. And he played a lot of snaps last week he, as well. He played more snaps than K.J. Hamler by far. A mile. But, yeah. but most recent update, Kendall Hinton reverted to the Broncos practice squad Monday. Aaron Wilson of Pro Football Network reports. So does that good, – good call. Does that mean that we're going to see – a lot more KJ Hamler? I would guess so, but we're like, this is another really murky situation now. If he doesn't get called back up, and you know, like, I don't know why they would put him on the practice squad to only take him off a week later, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> did you just play bad enough where they're like, all right, nah, man, you got your shot to the bench, you go? It, it kind of feels that way. It, it does he's feel been, that way. He's been. He hasn't been that involved, but in terms of opportunities, but yeah, last week, three targets on 57% of snaps and then see ya. So outside of him, you have KJ Hamler on the season. We'll do season snap shares because I don't think they're going to bring Hinton back up. It just doesn't make any sense to put him on the practice squad and then bring him back Agreed. up. KJ Hamler, 37% of the snaps. Tyree Cleveland, 28%. Montreal, Washington, 8%. All of those guys are still on the roster, the active roster. I think it's Hamler. Hamler had a big catch last week, but I don't feel real confident in this. Right, and, and Cleveland's questionable too. And Montreal, Washington was their preseason hero. It's, I think it's Hamler. I think it's Hamler too. I'm operating under that assumption right now, but this is another dicey situation. This is the diciest. Luckily we have the clear top two options, but for tournaments, I think we should be looking at this third Denver receiver, not knowing who it's clearly going to be. Totally agree. Cause it, Hamler, Hamler has two, two targets through three games this season. Like you said, played 8% of snaps last week. So clearly Hackett's looking at him, at least he was last week, going, oh, I'd rather play Kendall Hinton. Yeah, it, it could be any of these guys. It makes it difficult because if, if these are they're all very, very cheap. Cleveland, minimum salary. Uh, Washington, minimum salary. The, the only one that isn't is going to be K.J. Hamler. And Hamler's not that cheap. That's the thing. Hamler is not cheap. Hamler, okay, so just, I agree with you. I, Hamler's probably not, like, 
anything close to a low risk play, but he did have the 55 yard catch. That was, that was good. And Hamler's explosive. He just battled injuries throughout his career. He's this little explosive slot receiver that came out of Penn state, basically Jahan Dotson before Jahan Dotson was there. And then because of the injuries, I think that's limited his snaps. They gave Hinton his shot. He failed. Hamler on the small snap share with that 55-yard catch, that could earn him more. Like Montreal Washington also had a catch just four yards. Tyree Cleveland didn't have anything. But because this is still uncertain and because Hamler is expensive, I'm still willing to take some shots in large field tournaments on Cleveland, assuming he plays, and Montreal Washington, who they've deliberately kept on their roster after going undrafted this offseason, he's a preseason hero for them. And I think they might want to get a look. And they've clearly shown a willingness to give these no names a look like Kendall Hinton was a quarterback in college. He had to convert to the receiver position and he hasn't done it very well. Hey, he was a quarterback in the NFL. Let's that was forget. an awesome game. Let's not forget Saints, right? The best thing that ever came out of COVID was that game. <laughs> oh, my God. What a disaster that was. The only thing that was, the only thing is that it was kind of cool. It, it was cool. It was, what did they, how many times did they throw? It was like a Tim Tebow offense. It was awesome. And then on the other side though, I think, I think it was, uh, it, it was, what, what's his, how am I, why am I blanking on this? Uh, who, who's the, the, the rushing quarterback slash tight end for the same. I'm just completely blanking. What's that? Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill. I think Taysom Hill started that game on the other side. Those are fun games, man. It was. I For some reason, I couldn't think of Taysom Hill. I don't know why. Anyway, uh, and from David, who had sent that Super Chat earlier, he said, I split first place Monday Night Football on the $1.20 max. Religiously watch these. They help a ton. Appreciate all you guys do. Thanks, man. Appreciate you hanging out. Yeah, we got almost 600 with us right now. Having a good time. Trying to break down this really weird slate a really weird game it's so difficult and dude we haven't even talked about tight ends yet we we have to talk denver tight ends before we do though shout out to our sponsor you guys already know this but uh prize picks is doing things big right now you don't have optimizers day you don't have sharks you don't have any of that stuff right no mass entries you're just building lineups you're simply building lineups with player props there's no juice on either side you're just taking the over or the under. And you can do this. I use Matt as an example all the time. Because you're not playing against everybody else, you can take, you know, if you're building a five-player lineup where you would 10x your money if you hit all five, unlike traditional parlays, if you hit four or five, you still 2x. You make money back if you 3x. Or you do a power play with four, you got to hit all four of them. But if you do, you 10x. You could be like Matt or Ben or, or, or some of these other guys that are very much into multiple sports happening right now. You could take one from college football. You could take three from the NFL. You could take one from UFC and you could throw them all into the same lineup. It doesn't matter. That's what makes it so cool. Uh, and there's a million different props that you can choose from. That might be a slight stretch, but there's so many different props. Um, props that are not on traditional books. I can tell you that much. So that's why you play there. Why you sign up there is if you use the link in the description or the one that Tyler can throw in the chat, not only do you get a hundred up to a hundred dollar first match deposit bonus with prize picks, but you also get a free month of stochastic plus platinum, literally everything, all of the tools on our site free, free. When you sign up using that link with prize picks, it's an amazing deal. Truly true. Otherwise I always, I always tell these guys, like I won't do reads if it's something I hate, 
uh, if it's something I don't believe in that is good for you guys as well. This is a free month of all stochastic plus platinum and a first match deposit bonus up to a hundred bucks. No brainer. Take advantage of it. Uh, and the format, the, the, the site's awesome. It works great with an iPad or an iPhone or whatever else you're using or on desktop. So check it out. Prizepicks.com. Just be sure to use that link when you sign up to get that free month and to get the hundred dollar first match deposit bonus. All right. And it's great if you're not in legal betting states as well. That's huge. Where else are we going at tight ends? How, how do we even start here? What an ugly spot. I think we can X out Albert Akwe Boonham finally. One snap. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. And how does that know, happen? Maybe we should have taken more notice in the preseason when he was playing in the fourth quarter with the third stringers that are all cut now. You called that. <laughs> you called that with Noah Fant too in in Denver. You had mentioned that he was also playing deep in the games and he's been use less than Will Disley in the passing game. Yeah, it's been rough. I mean, I, I tried to rationalize it a little bit too, though. I was like, oh, maybe they're just trying to get him out there, extra blocking reps. He never really did it in college. Turns out he's just an actual third yep. stringer. Which and is new team. Case. Yeah, worst case scenario for that. But I mean, for tight ends, Eric Salbert, he's probably the, the tight end one now for this roster. I mean, no tight end outside of Akwe Boonham is double-digit targets. Andrew Beck is kind of like a fullback. He plays this H-back tight end spot. Tomlinson's a pure blocker. I think Saubert would be the guy you look to, but I don't think I'm going to play any Saubert. All right. So are you mostly just staying away from the tight end position for Denver? I think so. Yeah. It's ugly. It's very ugly. Uh, and then Beck, Beck hasn't been targeted since week one. He hasn't seen any real opportunity since week one. Yeah, I mean – He's like, he played some like fullback in college. I don't think he's going to be a focal point of their pass game at any point. Me neither. Any, oh, we haven't talked about running backs. And I, do we agree? Because we already talked that we love Sutton and Judy and all that. We do like Russell Wilson significantly better than Matt Ryan, right? I do. I do as well. Okay. How about the backfield? You have Jonathan Taylor out for the Colts. And then you just had Javante Williams go down. That sucks for the year with that ACL. Melvin Gordon has had some serious fumbling issues, man. He's fumbled the ball four times this season. He's lost two of them, but he's fumbled four times this year. It's creating some real issues in Denver. Does he still get the lion's share of work here? Or are we going to see – I can't believe – are we going to see some Mike Boone mixed in? This, this feels like a spot where Nathaniel Hackett, Matt, he keeps going back to Melvin Gordon no matter what. D if Melvin Gordon fumbles, does Hackett reach a breaking point and put Mike Boone in there for extended reps? At some point, he has to. I mean, you can't give away possessions like that. Now, some of Melvin Gordon's fumbles are like reaching across the goal line, really risky situations, you know, in order to get scores. But, I mean, it's still not acceptable. And then he had the egregious one last week where the ball just flies up in the air. That was, that was a really bad fumble. Maybe it'll be Latavius Murray. They signed him off the Saints practice squad this week. He actually looked good last week. I was yeah. surprised. But I do think Melvin Gordon gets the first shot here. I think his leash is a little shorter than it had been previously, but this is still like a five-plus-year veteran in the league. He's been with Denver for a while. I know it's a new coaching staff, but you know Melvin Gordon when he's out there. He's generally been reliable in his career. So I don't think you pull the plug on him right away. He's also their most talented runner, probably 
actually like Boone. He's been really explosive in the small sample sizes where he's actually gotten work on the field. A lot of those came earlier in his career, but ultimately he's remained like a third string back throughout his career as well. So it's, it's tough to trust Mike Boone. He's also at a price point, which is pretty high today, 6,200 for Mike Boone in at best a 50, 50 timeshare. Like, I don't think he's coming out here and playing over Melvin Gordon. Would you agree? No, no, I, I don't. I mean, it's just Melvin Gordon's been an issue is all that. That's the only thing. It, Melvin right. Gordon, like Melvin Gordon's not a bad running back in the sense that like last year we talk about Javante Williams a lot, but just from an advanced metric standpoint, Melvin Gordon wasn't that far behind Javante Williams on most of those spots where, where Williams excelled. Like well, Gordon was still pretty good is what I mean. Uh, I don't think he's terrible, but my God, man, you're talking about some, some, some big missteps that we've seen from and, and big, I don't know if it's mental errors or just, and not being able to hold onto the ball. Melvin Gordon is still. Okay. How, how about I phrase it this way? And then I'm going to get to your guys' super chats before we build a lineup. I didn't forget about any of them. If you were to say, if you had to project the workload here, and that's why we have the top plays tool, we have, you know, projections, but if you were to, to try and project for the workload, among these running backs today, what do you think it looks like? I think most likely it's 60-40, Gordon to Boone, 65-35, somewhere in there. Boone actually was playing a fair amount before Javante got hurt. Like two weeks ago, this was kind of a three-way rotation, which I think has quietly gone overlooked. And then worst case scenario for Melvin, I think it's pure 50-50. I don't think there's a high likelihood that it skews the other way, like Boone's leading a 60-40 or 65-35. I think most likely is Gordon with that slight lead outside chance that it's a 50, 50 and, you know, very worst case scenario would be like a 30, 30, 30 Latavius also involved, but that would be the least likely in my opinion. Do you want to get some Latavius Murray? He's not cheap either. Yeah. That's the thing is you could play a cheap Philip Lindsay. Who's probably going to get a little bit of work. Whereas like a cheap Latavius Murray, I don't know if he gets work and he's not at that min price. I'd much rather play Lindsay to be honest with you. Same very very cheap and it's possible too that he gets more work because melvin gordon's fumbling but he's still a guy that was integral in this offense as with with the colts you're losing a guy that was getting 20 plus carries a week right big difference I, you know that, that that's the problem so i'm with you okay uh, any other any other spots for denver that you want to hit on and kicker defense too we can we can get into that but i think the answers are obvious there Right. I agree with you. I'm playing both the kicker and defense. I like these kicker, this kicker and defense a little more than the other side. Okay. We'll build a lineup. Always our favorite part. We got 650 people watching right now. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah, let's go. And Hey, hit that thumbs up. If you've yet to do so atone for your sins, my friends, you know, the drill You got 145 and 648 watching that ratio. Hmm. Rough. But I know we'll get there. That's okay. And as long as you're watching, it's all good. All right, Logan, do you think Latavius Murray gets any significant work? Thanks for the super chat. Using the free one as a member here. We answered that. Um, Jose using a free super chat. Yeah, take advantage of those. If you're members, take advantage of the super chats. Choose one, Denver defense or kicker. Matt? I'll go kicker, McManus. Jillian Sullivan, best captain for single entry, 19K entries on DraftKings. I honestly kind of think it's Russell Wilson. 
He's coming yeah. in a little under-owned in the captain spot, and I think a lot of people are just going to play Sutton instead of him. Russell Wilson right now has the highest leverage, second highest leverage score of anybody in our in our tools, in our top plays tool. And a lot of it comes at captain too. If you think Russell Wilson's still too chalky, I see you mentioned a field of about 19K. I would pivot down to Judy. He's going to give you leverage off the Sutton and Wilson captain lineups. And he's at a different price point, so he might allow you to come up from like a Lindsay to, I don't know, a Granson or somebody or a kicker or defense in that range and give you a slightly different build. So I think Judy is also in play there. I'm wondering how popular a lineup is going to be that has Naeem Hines, a captain, and then just full out Broncos stack in the utility. Yeah, man, that's a weird construction. But it kind of makes sense because Hines is so cheap. Right. Right. I don't think it's insane. I don't either. Uh, JJ Smith, thanks for the super chat, man. Kicker with the opposite team. DST won on Monday night football this past Monday. Uh, is that typically not a good play considering when kicker gets points is possibly uh, just lowered your DST? Not really, because if your kicker's getting a lot of points, it means that your, your defense is keeping touchdowns off the board. So I teams are going to score. Yes. If a team scores, it continues to kick field goals. That's going to be you know, not, it's not optimal for you want them to, you know, allow no points, but, uh, I, it doesn't surprise me at all, Matt, that a kicker and the opposing defense are both in the optimal. No, it doesn't surprise me either. And defenses went a lot off big plays. Like if you could score a touchdown, great. Or if you can generate sacks, turnovers, those all help too. And Stafford threw a pick six. As yeah, well. defensive score is going to flip it entirely. Right. Didn't they? What was the what was the final score of that game? I don't have it handy. Me neither. But I think they scored like nine points yeah i thought it was good. 24 to 9 and it, it doesn't matter all right want to build a lineup here yeah let's do it all right do i have anything else i wanted to let you guys know before we do this and head out of here i think we're good um like i said three free days use the link all of our nfl content or use showdown strategy all one word all caps uh to get 50 percent off your first week just use that at checkout and we got, do we have any free tools today? Last thing I got to check here. I want to help you guys out. Oh, Thursday night football top plays tool is entirely free. No baseball till tomorrow. So Thursday night play, uh, football top plays tool. Let's go. Let's do what we did last time. Talk about the, the $50 single entry, Matt. Uh, I believe the prize pool last week was 60 K, which is nice. Um, I'm just going to pull it up and just tell you how, how big the field is. So we're on the same page here. All right, $50, 60K. It's so $50 entry, 60K, and around 1,400 entries, 6K up top. Let's do that one. All right. Could have some fun with that. All right. So you can kick it off, Captain. Let's go, Judy. Give some leverage off Sutton and Wilson. I like that. Um, all right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna plug Heinz in. I have a very difficult time believing at that price point, even if he's chalky, that Heinz is not getting us what we need. He's at a great price, and we have Judy. I'm going to plug in Wilson. Go right back to the stack. All right. And you guys, keep in mind, 1400 is the field. $50 entry. So it's a little different than a Millie maker. Millie, for reference, Millie is like 200000 Yeah. Right. We're, at, we're significantly below right. that. 
but it's not a bad prize pool for a showdown slate for a single entry. I mean, yeah. All right. You, you did Sutton. No, I did Wilson, but I, well, all right, well, I'm going to go Sutton anyway. Cool. That gives us around 5,900 per player. All right. So then the question to me comes, do you want to play two mid price guys or do we want to punt all the way down? This is always tricky because you end up being in the backup quarterback range, right? The mid range when you have 6k remaining is always the backup QB range of guys that aren't going to play um, or backup running backs that they price up. I, I don't mind being a little different and plugging Lindsay in here and seeing what that does for us. Cause now we'd have two Colts running backs. Yeah, let's do that. And then we can play whoever we want. I'll plug in. Let's let's plug in Melvin Gordon to finish for leave some salary on the board. Hopefully be a little contrarian there. Cause I think we are fairly chalky to begin. I agree. So we're basically playing this as Indy's passing game is going to stink. Hines gets all of the, the opportunities in the passing game outside of Pittman, but Pittman doesn't have a big game. Doesn't find the end. Just kind of telling the story here. Uh, and then Philip Lindsay gets some rushing down work. Maybe he punches one in on the, on the ground. Love it. It's very, that's not an unrealistic situ- scenario either. No, very realistic. Awesome. You can follow Matt at Matt underscore Gajeski, and you should absolutely check out all of his stuff at Odd Shopper. He's doing our, the Odd Shopper channel on YouTube, doing all of the college football stuff that you can imagine. You got a big Saturday slate. I just released it last night my picks for every single game this week, tonight through Sunday through Monday for NFL. That's over there. If you're not over there, come hang out with us. Follow Matt at Matt underscore Gajeski, me at Lafayette underscore D. You got anything else going on that people should know about? Everything college football. It's a big weekend. Check out the Odd Shopper channel for sure. Everything DFS is on the site. Appreciate you guys, man. This is fun. Matt Gajeski or Matt Savoka and I'll be back at 11 o'clock talking marathon matchup show all games for the Sunday slate all 12 of them, 12 of them will get you prepped and ready heading into week five thanks to Tyler Zander as always for producing peace with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.